Welcome back, man. Welcome back to the... Press that uh, rewind button. Welcome back to the Donnie Ruck Show for another one. Episode two, baby. We on strap in. Get ready. Get your popcorn, snacks, and all that. Everything you need. I'm not going to restart. Yeah, I buffed up the beginning, but you know what? This is raw and real. Real and raw. Don't hit it like that, though. <laughs> yeah, man, we're back. Um... We are on episode two already. Your boy's trying to be professional as can be. I'm stepping up my game here, and I've got some podcast notes. We got four topics today that we're going to dip into, and we're going to have a good time, y'all. Uh, let's get it! But before we do that, y'all, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor real quick. Thank you so much for jumping on the board so early, you guys. This podcast today is sponsored by no one because I don't have any. <laughs> you thought I was real, huh? No, it's going to come. No, it's going to come. Um, let's get into the thing. So I want to talk a little bit about the first episode before we jump right into it. The nitty gritty, the meat of it, into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. God, man, that thing blew up, didn't it? That shit was so weird, too, because you just see niggas are standing by themselves, just swaying back and forth. And just, did that come from the backyardigans or something like that? That's what it sounded like. Um, anyways, let's talk about the first episode. So, first off, I want to apologize for jumping so deep into <laughs> Watchdogs with that random game, bro. Um, I know that probably wasn't the best beginning, but I wasn't really prepared. Uh, I wanted to just kind of jump into it and just be as raw and natural as can be. So I didn't write anything down. I didn't have any notes. I was going off the top of the dizome. And I want to keep it that way, you know, in terms of um, like when I talk about things, I do want to keep it raw and real. I'm not trying to like set us, you know, I don't want to search skits or, you know, actually write jokes, you know, cause this ain't stand up, bro. I'm riffing and raffing with y'all, but I do want to create like a set piece every week. Like, Oh, this is, this is what we're going to try to get into. This is what we're going to talk about, you know, you know, bullet points like that. So, that's why this week I was like, you know what? I want to be more prepared in terms of like having topics ready instead of just, all right, now what can we talk about? I want to limit down, come, come, uh, come down on the ums and the uhs and the uh, well, uh, you know, I want to break that down. I want to be professional, baby. I want to be on the top, tippity, top, tippity, skip, ribbity of my game, you know? I want to be at the top already, just starting off as a professional. Just like that, just immediately. So, yeah, I'm just going to polish my game every time, you know. We're going to get better and better. Like a well-fine-tuned oiled machine. We're going to get better and better every time. You hear me? So you keep on listening. You keep on tuning in. And we're going to get better and better and smooth as butter. Anyway, yeah, uh, we're going to get better, though. So, yeah, I want to apologize for that. You know, that um, I went on way too long with this shit. Um, the payoff of the joke wasn't really worth it. But, you know, like I'm saying, you know, we just going to elevate each time. But I am still extremely proud of myself for going a goddamn hour because I really was considering just making this like 30 minutes, you know. I was even thinking about 15 at one point because I was like, I can't do this. I'm by myself. I have no one to talk to. But, you know, after getting that first out, getting them first jitters out, you know, once I put the first one out, I feel really good. And I already feel more confident to sit up here and talk to y'all and just keep on spitting, you know. I don't feel as uh, I don't feel so locked in. I don't feel like I'm thinking too much. Like, well, is this going to be funny? Um, are they going to want to talk about this? Or is this going to make sense to even bring up? Like, excuse me. I don't really feel 
so uh, in my head. I don't feel like I'm in my head as much already. We're already on the second one. So we are constantly getting better. And that is the goal here on this show. That's what we want to do. So, yeah, just that. Just wanted to talk about that real quick. You know, that's pretty much it. And I am looking forward to growing with you guys. You know, I'm looking forward to see where this goes. If it even goes somewhere, like, or maybe I have the same five listeners forever and we're just being a ditch somewhere. Like, man, you tune into the Naughty Rock show? Yeah, man, that shit coming on tonight, bro. Okay, man, turn it up, dog. Turn it up. If it's going to be the five of us, baby, it just turn up. But this has got a little community here and everybody's here. The show is on and I start talking and everybody listening and it's just the five of us. We got a small, small community, but that's all right because we got people tuning in. So, yeah, if that's it, if that's just us, <laughs> then it's just us, baby. But you know what? That's all right. That's all right. But if we could get a few more, that'd be nice, too. Help my pockets. So, yeah, let's uh, let's grow, man. Let's grow. Anyway, let's get into the meats. So... First thing I got written down here, uh, Hollywood, I'm going to help you out today. Oh, I'm going to do you a solid. And there really isn't much I want in return. Something very simple. But I'm going to help y'all today. You know how we were talking last week about these fake movie trailers and how shitty they look? How they look like fake movie trailers you'd see in movies but they're actually real because this is technically real life so they say we all know it's a simulation but this is supposed to be real life right okay so we were talking about that i have had this idea for a while and since it's the end of the world and we're looking very bleak around the corner. I might as well get it out before it's too late. So, I would like to share my vision with y'all. And Hollywood, if you're listening, tune on in. Turn it up because I'm about to help you become very, very rich like you aren't already. But maybe it might help me too. So, a Dave Chappelle biopic. We need one. I think the world needs one. This man is so polarizing. He's been through so much. He's had such an amazing career and story. I really think that we need to tell it through the lens. I've been thinking about this for years, man. I've been following him for years. I've been a fan ever since I was a kid, you know, going way back to the Chappelle show and just him leaving, him going on his own and going to Africa and finding himself and going through all the hardship he had to to come back and then laying low for years and coming back as a mother fucking legend. That story needs to be told. And it needs to be told real. So, if we were to do this, of course he's going to have heavy, heavy involvement. I want him to be right there on the set. Tell him, hey, I did this. And I came in and did that after this happened. I want him to be right there. Now, let's break down a quick summary of how you do this. I'm telling you, I got you back, Hollywood. We're going we gonna to figure this shit out because y'all y'all make it fucking shit. We're going to figure this out. We're going to get it together. So this is how you'd start off, right? You would show his early life, you know, of course, show him as a kid, his baby. Real quick, show a baby coming out and stuff like that. You know how they do. Start from the very beginning. Then, you know, show him coming up, going through school and everything like that. Then bring him to... The teenage years when he started, like 13, 14, going to the comedy clubs and stuff. And then 
you start slowly inking into his success when he start kind of hitting, you know, that mid-20s, like when he was on Letterman and start hitting the star search and stuff like that. And then we get into the nitty gritty when he finally start popping the Chappelle show. When he finally got his real hit. When he made the greatest sketch show in history. You start showing that, you know, and you start showing all everything he went through. Show everything behind the scenes. Show his riffs with Comedy Central. Show them putting this man through all this extra stress, trying to destroy him, trying to destroy his fame and pressure him into turning his show into something he didn't want it to be. You go deep, deep, deep into it. Show everything. That he had to go through. We could take heavy, heavy inspiration from his little special that he had. Uh, I think it was, dang, what's the name of it? Is it Unforgiven or uh, Unbroken, I think? And it wasn't really a special because he's not really telling jokes, but he's breaking down everything that happened at Comedy Central. You know, how it worked out, what, what he went through, what they actually did to him, why he left that 50 mil behind and didn't turn back. We jump and show all that. You know, show the real story of what happened, why he left, why he took off to the motherland and he had to find himself and get himself together and recollect himself and came back stronger than ever. We show all of that. You know what I'm saying? I think it'd be a hit, man. Now, all I ask in return, because I know you probably. All right. What's the deal? I like it. I like it. But what do you want, Negro? All right, Hollywood, check it out. This is all I want from you, man. Not much. Only thing I need, I want the part of his later years and his mid-successful years. Let me play him when he first got the spell show and then also when he comes back. We got a deal. That's it. That's all I need. Now, you're like, Hollywood's on the ropes now. All right. Listen here, bud. You're not even well known. You come in here to my office. Give me a pretty good pitch, but now you want to be the star? Listen, Hollywood. I got the voices down, baby. This is what's hard. See, it'll be a lot easier to cast him younger and in the mid and then as a child. But it's going to be real hard to cast him when he hits around like Half-Baked and then the Chappelle Show. And then all through Chappelle Show. And then when he leaves and comes back, when he came back bigger and buffered, stronger, and the voice is deeper. You got to make sure you have both voices down. That's where the tricky part comes. But guess what, Hollywood? I got both voices. Because old Dave was like this. He's way up here. He's always talking. Ow! Listen here. Get away from my cart, nigga. What are you doing? Chicken and giblets are over there. These are vegetables. Old Dave used to talk like this, man. Everything was way up here, you know. Had a lot of energy and spunk because nothing had happened yet. So he was still on the rise and the trajectory was real high. So he was up. He was on the up and up, man. Everything was going fine, baby. Everything was fine, baby. And then they took my show, man. They took my show. They tried to call me crazy. Like I had done something. And I'm looking in the headlines. And I'm saying. They tried to call me a crackhead. And say that. I was losing my mind. I was definitely stressed out. But. I was in key mind. I knew what was going on. I knew what they were trying to do to me man. But they wanted me to take medication. 
I was going psychotic. I was fine. I had to get out of there. I wanted to compromise me as a man. Change my show. Change my viewership. I said I wasn't appealing enough. I got out of there. That's young Dave, right? Now, you have to also keep in mind, it was going for 10 years. So, you need to also factor in him coming back, being a lot older, and his voice being a hell of a lot deeper. His old swag has changed. He's bigger now. He's, he's way more reserved, you know. He's still got a little spunk sometimes with his jokes, but he's very, very relaxed. And he's way down here now. <clears throat> Y'all know what happened to me? Nah, you don't. <laughs> Listen, guys, what I'm about to tell you today is a quick story of what really happened at Comedy Central. They told me, we don't need you. I remember in the beginning, I pitched the show to HBO. They said, why would we need you? Now, again, I ask you, HBO, why the fuck do you need me today? Because you got Chappelle's show streaming on HBO Max. Take that show off, man. Because I'm not getting paid for it. They took something from me. It has my name. It has my likeness. I didn't read the contract. I was so excited to get this money. And I had a baby at the time. Just got married. I wasn't thinking clearly. But I needed the money. So I signed it. Let me tell you something, man. I still don't regret the decision from walking away. I don't. Because I wasn't going to let them change me. I wasn't going to let them win and bind my rules. I knew what I wanted it to be. I knew what I wanted to do. I bounced because they were going to turn me into the puppet that I knew I never signed up to be. Now that's new Dave. A lot deeper, lower register. He still, you know, punctuates his jokes. He comes back in, but it's not so high anymore. It's not way up here. Oh man. Ow. It's way down here now because he's been through so much. And you really just ain't got time for the bullshit anymore. Hollywood, you can kiss my ass because I'm not playing your games. I walked away from $50 million. Signed a deal with Netflix for $60 million. Nigga, I made 10 more without you, bitch. <laughs> I don't need anyone. I've got myself. Suck on that. All right? There you go, Hollywood. Punch the ticket. Let me know when you're ready. I'm right here. Okay. So, when you're ready to make that, give me a call and let me know. And if you make it without calling me, I'm suing your ass. Don't try it. They probably going to make this shit anyway. <laughs> I mean, fuck that nigga, man. You only got three listeners. Let's get this shit popping. <laughs> oh. But you never know. Dave might hear it. And what if he's like, man, this guy's really on to something. I want to talk to this nigga. Uh, what's his name? Donald Rucker. Nigga does a show in his apartment by himself. But you know what? Let's bring him on to the Midnight Miracle.
<laughs> oh man, I would shit myself, dude. If I got a call from him and he's like, nigga, come on the show. Um, because you'd have a brilliant idea. But, you know, I'm going to tell you the only thing where I would say let's not do this is if Dave's not down for it. Because if he doesn't want this, if he doesn't want himself out like that, I would say completely ask this. I would only want to push this project unless we had his blessing. And that's straight up real talk, you know, because I hate when people do that shit to stars and not just stars, just people with true stories. And they look back at that shit and they're like, man, none of this happened. I didn't prove this and I don't want my story told. Like, don't have me out here like this. I go back to perfect example of the blind side. <clears throat> Sorry. They, uh, the Michael Orr story. They, great movie, right? Feel good movie of the year. Made you feel so good inside. Had him white folks took care of this po po black nigga. It's a feel good story, man. And yeah, they were incredibly beautiful people. You know, I mean, I say it like that because, you know, it's like the old white savior trope. You know, we got your slave boy, nigga. We know you ain't doing too well by yourself. So come on in this car. You're walking home on your lonesome. Ain't got no family. <laughs> no, man, but for real. Like, they'll paint you a certain way. And they rewrite this shit to make it more dramatic. To make it more feel, to make it feel good more, to make you feel more heartwarming. Everybody leaves with the theaters. <laughs> the crow came out on top. It's so beautiful. Remember when he looked in her eyes and he said, I've never had a bed. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine what that must feel like. What is he sleeping on a bed of nails? <laughs> you know. But. If you talk to the real Michael Orr, man, he said he hates that movie, bro, because it painted him like in a dumb light, like he was stupid, you know. Um, he doesn't like it because there's so many lies in that movie. That's what he said. And that's coming from the direct source, from the man that lived it, because he wrote a book about what really happened. You know, I think it came out after The Blind Side and he was explaining like, Making all the corrections in the movie, like the, the shit they made up. He was like, no, this would really happen. Okay. I didn't say that. I didn't do that. And as much as I like that movie, I have to say, I feel guilty sometimes as I'm watching it or did definitely after when I saw like how he felt about it. Cause he's like, man, this shit about me. And that just didn't happen. I didn't say that, you know, it didn't go down like that. And I would hate that. Oh God, that would burn my soul. If somebody was to come up and was like, we love your story. And we think that it's extremely inspiring. What we have planned is we've got a staff of 50 writers and they're going to conscrew it and mix it up and remix it. So it sounds palpable for the big screen. How do you like that? All right. Um, but don't you want truth? Yeah, we're not into that. We're into making big millions. So uh, let's get it going. Greenlit. And now you have to sit back and watch somebody make a mockery of your true story. That's fucked. Yeah, man, I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to do that. And I definitely want to do that to the... I definitely wouldn't want to do that to the goat of comedy, man. You know, he's been through enough. Why would I or why would anyone want to then turn around and put some bullshit on the screen about Dave Chappelle, bro? Like I would that's why I would want him heavily involved. I wouldn't even want to put this shit in motion unless he was 100 percent down and I'd want him like. On set, like every step of the way, like, all right, here's when I did this, and um, making sure that nigga's standing back right there because he's the one that told me, no, nigga, you ain't ever gonna be shit, or something like that, you know, like giving up few pointers, making sure that this is the most accurate shit ever, you know, that's what I want. If it was to ever really go down, I'd want his 100% sign off, 
It ain't green lit until Dave say. There. So, yeah, Hollywood, if you're going to do this shit, you make sure you call him first, then you can call me. And we can get this shit going, bro. Come on, man, let's make billions, baby. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, I think that that would be a really good idea. But I only want to do it if Dave is down. Oh, man. Oh. Do you guys know how we've been... I feel like we've been lacking true R&B for some time. Music has changed so much. And it continues to. It elevates. It evolves. And... Just music as a whole. Every genre changes. We get different sounds, different vibes, different views, different ways of going about music. Oh, excuse me again. Uh, But in all that, I really feel like we're missing true R&B. We haven't heard the true soul of that genre in a long, long time. Until now, there's two artists out right now that I 100% feel are going to be. And if not going, I'm going to say, no, they're not going to be. They are. I'm going out right now on a limb. Bold statement. They are. These two artists are the savior of hip, hip <laughs> the savior of hip hop. They're the savior of R&B right now, bro. These two. And I'm going to name them right now. There's one you're probably going to know of. The second one you might not. And boy, you should. You should. And let me know in the comments if you know how many of you know both of them? I, I know you're going to know this first one, I say. But let me know how many of you know the second one. Because if you do, god damn, you a real one. Okay. Giveon. This nigga is bringing real R&B back. Simple as that. Have you heard his last album, man? Nothing but banger after banger after banger. And that shit is so smooth and silky. Yeah, the nigga sound like he got a frog in his throat, but you know what? It works. I'm all in falling, asking all that I can be there. I know that you ain't got no worries. Honestly, I know that you got it too. Fair okay with being number two. Uh. Okay, let me stop. Um, nah, man, that nigga's got a voice for an angel, bro. For real, he sounds great. You know who he reminds me of? Um, Sampha. They both got that going on. Sampha got that same sound. It's like right here, you know? It's like they want, they almost want to be Kermit, but it's still. It's Kermit with soul stuck up his ass. Like somebody, whoever is playing the puppet. It's a soulful R&B singer with they fist up his butt. And that's what it's like. But um, no, man. Giveon is one artist. That nigga's cold as hell. Killing it. Absolutely killing it. I got to say my favorite song by him is... um, Oh, man. What is the name of that one? Uh, Damn, I can't think of the title, but it's the... Say you want to be just friends, just friends, I can't see nothing more. Uh, I'll figure out the title later, but yeah. All right, the second artist is a young man that goes by the name Devin Morrison. Devin Morrison. Keep that name on your radar. Yo. 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 Do you remember in the Jamie Foxx show 
how his job was to write jingles for uh for companies and items and things like that. But this nigga does it for real, <laughs> okay? Just look up on YouTube, Devin Morrison jingles, bro. He got Jamie in a chokehold right now. He coming for this nigga's fictional job. I'm telling you, man. He is so cold with it. It makes no sense. Bro, he's so good. He's so good. It's ridiculous. You have to give him a listen, bro. You have to. It's a must. He just came out with three albums recently, too, because he also makes instrumentals. And I I believe, if I'm not mistaken... I think this nigga's making his own genre of music because it sounds R&B like real 90s type vibe. But it's it's like in this kind of dreamy state, the way it sounds, it just sounds so different. It's so fresh. And along with his voice and some of the tracks, like when he does sing, oh, man, he got a voice out this world, man. Both of them, they both can just sing their ass off. Devin got his own signature style, man. He don't have a frog in his throat. But he's got a slight lisp that adds to his sound. And like me pointing out, I hope that's not like, because I, I I hope he's not like, um, I hope he's not like insecure about it or nothing. But it sounds so good. It actually adds to his music. It really does. It adds to his sound. I love it, dude. I love his sound, man. And his instrumentals are ridiculous. He's got three albums out right now up on Spotify. Uh, it, I, I call it the Dream Soul Pack. Because, uh, that no, he calls it, I think that's the name of the genre he's trying to create. Dream Soul. The albums are called, uh, they're a trilogy. Dream Lobby. Dream Lobby 1, 2, and 3. They are amazing. You have to look at them when you get a chance. Look at them. You have to listen to them when you get a chance. Yeah, man. So, Giveon and Devin Morrison, I want to thank both of you niggas for saving R&B, man. Because I'm so sick and tired. Like, I'm so sick and tired of, like, not hearing the real anymore, man. You know what's on the radio. You know all this shit that's out right now. And, I mean, yeah, I pretty much listen to everything. I really do. Except country and fucking screamo i can't i've tried i can't do it i'm still on the look for um a christian screamo band because i've always just thought there should be a double negative and it's funny as hell every time i think about it but i know there's got to be one out there just jesus do it for a sense do it for a sense you know just a fucking death metal group but they're actually religious if there's one out there, please send me suggestions because I just want to hear that. I'm so curious as to how, because it's like you're doing it in a demonic voice, but you're actually praising the Lord. If there's actually a band out there, somebody please send me some suggestions because I would love to hear that shit. <laughs> but I pretty much listen to everything, man. But I just get so sick and tired of like real soul not being out there anymore. I mean, you got to really dig deep, you know. I mean, because it's been out there and it is because, you know. I don't want to just give love to just the men, you know, because we got, uh, we got SZA and stuff like that. But, you know, she's more poppy. You know, she was R&B for me, but she's more poppy, you know. I'm not even going to bring up Doja Cat, my nigga, because I'm just not. But her whole H-E-R-H-E-R. Oh, H-E-R. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. That's soul, nigga. <laughs> That's soul, nigga. Oh, man. Can you imagine? Have you heard Intimidated? I just want to ask you that real quick. Have you heard Intimidated by her? Nigga, every time that song comes on, I can't help but dance, bro. It's something in my soul that just make me want to, ooh, I got to move. I got to move immediately. As soon as that comes on, I can't help it. I got I to gotta go, you know. That is one of the funkiest tracks ever made, bro. It's, it's soul and funk meeting each other. 
Kate Trinata produced it. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Gorgeous. But, yeah, as I'm saying, can you imagine the three of them on an album, bro? I would shit myself. Her, Devin Morrison, and Giveon. I got the runs. I got the runs. I got to go to the goddamn bed. No. <laughs> yeah, man. No, that'd be a cold-ass album, dude. I'm blasting that shit. I'm busting all the speakers. But, yeah, you know, you just don't. I, I say the three of them are saving R&B. I can't leave her out. I can't. And I'm so glad she came to my mind. They're saving R&B, bro. Um, probably some of the hottest voices in the genre. Or the hottest voices in the genre, dude. You know, because there's so many sub-genres. But that's real R&B. The three of them are real R&B, you know. And it just feels good to go back to the times of old where, you know, you didn't have to say what you was going to do to the girl. You could allude to it, you know. You didn't say, I'm going to smack your ass and pull your pants down and put my dick in. You know, like, you don't have to say exactly what's going on, man. You can allude to it. And then we get home and I'm going to make sweet love to my baby. Yeah. You could just allude to it. You know, like in the movies back in the old school, before they just start showing people literally having hardcore fucking sex in movies, you know, before um, we had to see people actually getting dicked down in the theaters. Back in the day when you'd see a couple, this was the sex scenes back then, bro. <laughs> Man, they be kissing all smooth and shit, just rubbing on each other. And then the camera pan to the left. <laughs> and it just go to black. It fade to black. Because you already knew what went down. Yeah, they got it in. So you already know. You ain't got to show it all the time, man. But we got so freaking zesty over the years. But we like, no, I want to see it. I want to see it. Show them things. I want to see it. <clears throat> Yeah, man, we got we we Hollywood some freaks. Holly weird. Yeah, man, things got crazy, bro. People just start showing. They start doing frontals and shit. Like you know, I mean, I see that nigga dick. <laughs> it got crazy. Um, but yeah, back then, man, like shoot the old black exploitation films. I, uh, I guess they did show it sometimes too. I guess that's where it started, huh? What am I talking about? I guess they've been showing titties and dicks, but like. Not everybody did. I'm personally more an enjoyer of that smooth kissing and you pan off to the left and just zoom out, fade to black, you know? You ain't got to do all that, man. You ain't got to show all that. We know what sex is. Watch a movie with your parents, man. Now you got a hard on. What you going to do? Oh, excuse me. I got to go to the bathroom. Then it get all awkward, you know? They know what you're looking at. Y'all both know what you're looking at. Yeah, man. You just get all weird. You get quiet. You know? You gotta act like it's something you ain't ever seen or heard of. I'm staring at the TV like I'm trying to figure out uh Chinese arithmetic or or or, or calculus. You know, man, that this is very peculiar. I've never seen anything like it. You know, your parents know what you're doing, nigga. They know what you're doing. But yeah, man. Anyways, let's get back to smooth love R&B. Instead of that, pound my puss out. You know? So thank the three of y'all for alluding. For being smooth and nice about it. You know? Something the kids could listen to. I'm going to make my own radio station. Just play them. Just the three of them. Be like, can you play anybody else? No, just her, Gibeon, Devin Morrison. What else do you want to hear? Uh, I'm going to change that. If you change that channel, I'll bust you in your cheeks. Yeah, man. But thank you to those three that are saving the game.
you know, I'm really happy that um, Mr. Andrew Tate has finally calmed down. God, that stuff was ridiculous, bro. Just the talk of him all the time and just constantly, just always, oh, yeah, man, he said this and said that and check it out he uh then he said that we have to get our bugattis and slap your bitch up you know i'm like hey yo man what the fuck why are we following this nigga well i wasn't following the nigga but you know what like it just goes to show anytime a polarizing figure or something like that comes up and he's like actively trying to get people to follow him and get on him like you immediately see what the term i call or what we call natural selection. Oh, who's going first? It should go down. You get to see all the people get exposed of the ones of all the followers, all the sheep that are just like, I don't have a voice of my own. I don't know how to think. So I'm going to just follow this guy to say whatever because he's going to be my leader. I mean, you got guys actually sending in videos talking about, oh, yeah, my Lord and Savior, my leader, Andrew Tate. And I'm like, nigga. Your, your leader? I don't know, bro. Couldn't be me. But, yeah, man. I'm glad that shit finally calmed down because it was just getting annoying. I, I was getting, like, I was getting so tired of, like, you know, you be on TikTok or Instagram. Like, everything was about him, you know? Like, what I did like, though, was the gay memes. <laughs> It'd be like, when, um... When the cameras cut off and Andrew Tate could finally be himself. And it would just be like a, a video of a bald nigga that looked behind. He looked like him from behind. And he's like dancing all saucy and shit. <laughs> he's like just, uh, just, just moving all zesty, you know. He just dancing around like all gay and shit. But, um, oh, I'm going to get canceled. Dancing gay? What you mean by that, bruh? LGBTQ plus 569 going to come at me. Um. It was just a term, y'all. Calm down, man. I just started. Don't cancel me yet. Damn. home. Anyway. Um, no, nah, man. It shit was funny, though. Could just be a bald nigga from behind dancing. All saucy. I'll say that. Is that better? Um, no, but, yeah. I, I did like those memes. But, yeah, like, it was just crazy. Like, he was just taking over the internet, bro. Like, and he was starting an empire. And I was like, bro, man, when is this going to stop? This shit has to stop. Like, it's becoming annoying. You got, you know, kids talking about, oh, yeah, you know, so. Um, well, Andrew Tate said if she doesn't like you, then, you know, fuck that bitch. Fuck her mother. <laughs> whoa, whoa. You're nine. Calm down, Jimmy. But, yeah. I bring him up for a reason, though. Not to get clicks. I bring him up to bring up a man that should have been followed like this. And I don't know why more men like this aren't. But you know why? Because society's fucked up. That's why. Y'all remember a very, very energetic and entertaining figure by the name of Chad Johnson aka Esteban Ochocinco uh number 85 baby Chad Johnson man was amazing bro I had a great career you know in the NFL but I'm not even really going to dip too much into that because we already know how great he is. He already know how great he was. We know that he was a fucking baller. What I want to get into is his views on money and saving it. Bro, he had such an interesting take. To be a pro football player, were you making them big old bucks? This man was all about saving. And I'm all here for it. Because you don't see that. You know, he breaks down like him getting fake jewelry and stuff. And he, he he bought the knockoffs of everything. None of his stuff was like name brand. And they're like, man, nigga, why are you so? He was like, and he takes straight up. Yeah, I'm cheap. Yeah, I'm cheap, man. 
He said, why would I spend all this extra stuff that I don't need? I don't need this shit. I don't need it. For what? Oh, my God, man. What a freaking genius. I'm going to play something real quick for you. I'm going to break it down. Like, I'm going to, because I'm trying, you know, we hear it from the source. Listen to this, man. I was the cheapest son of a bitch. Extremely cheap. And obviously, you mentioned the jewelry. Yeah. For what? The watches. For what? What time is it? It's okay. I'm sorry. What time is it, please? What time? 621? How much that cost? Nothing. Time is fucking free. Why are you? Why am I paying for it? You telling me a watch is two hundred thousand? People are. love to say, "Oh, it's an investment." Blah blah blah. Whatever, whatever. Time is fucking free. I'm not paying for it. You mean if I can get something that looks like it, the real thing? No one already have money. I'm gonna get the fucking replica. I just don't. Because what are you gonna tell me? What, what are you gonna say? Right. I shop at fucking Claire's with a black card. What are you gonna say? I was the cheapest. Bro. Have you ever heard somebody with money talk like that? Be that ahead of the game? Just that genius, bro. I'm trying to tell you, man. This nigga was ahead of his time. And this was way back then. They weren't even making the kind of money they're making today. So he was really on it. Can you imagine? And he's still like that today. He's still like that today. They asked him, man. <laughs> What advice do you have for broke dudes trying to date? He said, stay in your financial lane. He said, what's a place you could take her? You know, what's a place for a first date? This nigga said McDonald's. This nigga said McDonald's. Can you believe that? And I don't say, can you believe that? Like, oh, what a cheapskate. I say, what a genius. They said, why? Why would you take girls to McDonald's for your first date? You're an NFL superstar. He said, that's how I weed out if we going to really be something or not. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. How smart can you be? How smart can you be? He said, this is how I find out if we going to be something or not. I look at her facial expression as we pulling up. <laughs> she all sad and looking disturbed. We ain't going to work. I know she ain't really about it. Because all you do is a quick Google search. You know I got money. You already see me on TV every Sunday. You, you know I'm about it. But I'm going to see if you really about it with me. Wow, man. What a goddamn genius, bro. See, America gravitate, not America, but just the internet. Internet culture will gravitate. Can, can you speak, Britt? Can you speak? <laughs> gravitate. The internet culture will gravitate to an Andrew Tate way faster than they will a Chad Johnson. And that's a problem. That's a problem. We need to protect this man at all costs. Fuck the Bugatti shit and all expensive planes and cars. See, that's how warped society is. They push that shit like, oh, yeah, you need that to be successful, to get all the girls, to this and that. You need to be rich and post all this and have that image. Fuck that. Listen to Chad Johnson. Get you a real one. Because that girl only with you for the things you got. Listen to Chad. Take your shorty to McDonald's and find your wife. Because if she's still happy and laughing and joking with you eating a quarter pounder, nigga, you found the one. That's it. Simple as that. All right? Take your girl to McDonald's. That's how you find her. <laughs> no, man. Chad Johnson's a genius, bro. That's my Andrew Tate. I follow him. To, I follow him through the treads, bro. Through the trenches, nigga. 
Chad Ochocinco, bro. That's that nigga. That's that nigga. For real, man. That's the one. You know what, though, man? I'm going to tell you something that's creepy as hell. Okay, so the other day when I was trying to do my research to bring this topic up, you know, to talk about him. Um, let me know if y'all ever get this because I got a little theory. Look, I got a little conspiracy theory about this shit. I was on YouTube. And you know how or you know how YouTube or Google, they have the um function, the speaker function. Where you can speak into it, you know, you say Eminem rapping, and then you get a whole bunch of videos of Eminem rapping or anything. You could say anything, and it'll pop up because it hears your suggestion coming from your voice. I was thinking about him when I wanted to bring him up as a podcast topic, but I never said, oh, because I know that once you have TikTok and shit and all that, I know they hear us and listen to us. They got speakers. So even you just talking regularly with your homies, you're going to start getting ads and stuff related to whatever you was talking about. I already know how that works. This is the creepy part. I never said anything about him out loud. I never said anything about him out loud, man. <clears throat> I never said. Oh, yeah, I need to look up Chad Johnson. I thought the shit. I thought it in my head. I thought, damn, remember how cheap Chad Johnson was and how much of a genius he was, man? I need to look him up. I think I want to bring him up as a topic. I thought that in my head. That was my thought. My thought. And I went on YouTube. All I did was type in Chad. That could have been Chad anything. So why did this shit come up as Chad Johnson saving money? Immediately. When I only thought about it. <clears throat> That ever happened to y'all? These niggas living in our head, man. All right, check it. So, I kind of lied. I really don't have a conspiracy about it. But this shit is weird. What's going on? They're, they're in our heads, bro. Or in mine. How do they know? I didn't say anything to the speaker, man. I thought it. I thought it. I thought. Let me look up Chad. I didn't say Chad Johnson saving money. YouTube came up with the suggestion and filled it out for me. And then you might say, well, Donald, sometimes they remember past searches. It comes up from now and then. They'll keep them locked in. Oh, yeah? From four years ago? It was a long time when I looked that video up, man. Maybe they do keep that shit locked in. Maybe I'm making a bigger deal out of it. But it was still creepy, man. You know? I, 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 I didn't like it. I just stared at the phone for a minute. And I was like... The FBI nigga behind the screen... I know he just laughing like, yeah, nigga, I know what you like. I got you. I mean, I, we watch it every day. Watch you do other things, too. I got to put a band-aid on this shit. But, yeah, man, um, that shit was creepy. So, I say that to say this. I ain't even got a point, but it was weird, man. And you know, um, oh, side note, um, I know this is kind of old news by now. It was like two or three weeks ago, but uh, Elon Musty is coming out with these robot androids, right? Straight out of fucking iRobot. 
Like, he acted like he didn't see the movie. <laughs> he acted like he didn't see the ending. He acted like he didn't see them trying to take over the world and Will Smith fighting for his life and everyone else's. He acted like he didn't see it, y'all. And you know he did. Everybody did. It was 2005. It was a great goddamn movie. Everybody watched it. He trying to make it for real. Talking about, they're going to do the tedious tasks that we don't want to and going to help us through our everyday needs and everything boring that you didn't like to do. They will do it for us. And I want to uh, push out these robots within the next three to five years. Um, let me tell you something, Elani. Did you play Detroit Become Human, bruh? Did you happen to gloss over that game and its premise? Huh? Did you see how that went down? Because that was basically like iRobot 2. That was pretty much the sequel. Just video game form. Uh, yes, it has several different endings depending on how you play. It's, it's a decision-based game. And this should get worse or better depending on the decisions you make. But boy, do some of them end bleak. And all I could think about was where we're headed. Then this nigga trying to drop actual droids. Don't you realize that you going to put half America out of jobs, bro? More than half, really. Because them tedious jobs and tasks, nigga, we get paid for that. You make a robot. What a company going to do? Hey, man. I ain't got to pay him shit. Oh, all I had to do was pay for him. $20,000. <laughs> Just one payment of that. But I, I got to pay him a check? No. He takes sick days? No. He call in? No. Personal family problems? No. Ain't got to worry about him dying. It worked forever. But Jim's human ass got the flu. Talking about his daughter's birthday is coming up, so he needs Thursday off. Fuck Jim. Bring in Joy to buy 36,000. Now, Jim on the street under a bridge because the droid bot, 3,000, took his cashier job. Hey, man, we fucked. It's a wrap. This nigga going to run us into the ground. What the fuck are we going to do? They're going to take over. I don't. I can't even see... I can't even see a positive light or look to this, bro. Like, it's just bad. It's scary. It's not going to be good, bro. Like, and they say three to five years. Bro, you're telling me by 2025 or seven? Bro. We all gonna be out of jobs, man. That shit ain't cool, bruh. Cancel it. Cancel it. Boston Dynamics been doing this shit for years, but they kind of stayed to their own, you know? They got the little dogs running around, you know, and I know you've seen the one that do the backflip and shit. God, that thing is scary as fuck because they do a standing backflip. I'm like, can you imagine fighting this nigga and you just you put your hand up to try to block yourself he just snaps it like a goddamn twig can you imagine trying to actually come at him bro and do something he's like he shuts you off for good yeah man but I don't know I don't fuff with that so Elon I know you buying Twitter and shit. I just focus on figuring out the hate speech shit and moderating everyone. Focus on that. You know, I don't mean moderating like, yeah, I guess, you know, letting people speak and whatnot. Focus on that. 
don't build them goddamn robots because you're going to make everybody homeless, bro. You think you're doing the world a favor. It's going to be a disservice. Don't do it. I'm going to get up out of here, man. Um, love y'all. Appreciate you for listening as always. Keep coming in. We got something coming in every time. It's going to get better and better. We're going to keep on elevating. We're going to keep on evolving. Keep it coming, baby. Love y'all, man. Peace. I'm out. Play me out, G.